0: All right, you may be seated. A couple of pretty profound phrases there. Fear, you've lost your hold on me. Um, if that could happen, there would be some radical, radical changes in the way we live, in the way we see things, in the way we um, Especially in this day and time. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna pick back up uh, week two, uh, back to the basics as we are looking at what it really means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. It's easy for us to um, kind of get in a, a, a routine or a pattern or our own comfort zone and. And, and, you know, it's, we just kind of live there and, and, and we feel okay about it. But what we are doing and what I'm doing is, and I'm asking you to do, and what we even were do, doing last Sunday night in that impromptu prayer time uh, is praying that um, we would just uh, truly come to a place that we just open up our lives and allow uh, God through the Holy Spirit, through His Word, to, to reveal the truth to us. Because as we're going to see in a little bit, uh, that the truth will set us free. Some of us are in bondage, even as followers of Christ to, uh, just some junk, some world think some, um, uh, just some of the schemes and tactics of the evil one. And, and, and in order for us to, to, um, to be fruitful and fulfilled and salt and light and all that, then we must fully just, uh, cooperate with everything that God wants to do in and, and through our lives. Um, and allow him to just uh, reveal to us, uh, again, the, the litmus test of what it really means. Unfortunately, uh, it's easy for us to grab, you know, to cherry pick some uh, litmus test of what it really, you know, what you should be doing and what it really means to be a follower of Christ. And, and it's easy for us to justify ourselves. But what we're coming to now is just saying, Lord, we're just laying this down. And this is one of the things that you'll be able to hear about uh, per, per, I think maybe next week, uh, just, uh, some of the, what God did in a profound way at, 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 our staff retreat, as we just, um, uh, charity gave us a good word, uh, before that, as we surrendered every aspect of our agenda and ourselves, you know, to, to God, you do this. Okay. You, you show us exactly what it is that you would have us to do. And, um, so we're, we're saying in this particular series, uh, Lord, kind of uh just um clear out you know any preconceived ideas and and let your word be the litmus test of what it means to be your follower and in right relationship with him what it really really looks like and what it really means and that's where we began last week Uh, i'm going to ask you if you grab your outlines there we've uh uh, reintroduce the outline uh, because outlines, um, uh, we're going to see the importance of that. Uh, but last week, as we began this, uh, we had as the key verse Matthew 9, uh, verse 9, is there uh, on your outline where Jesus, it says, As Jesus went from there, he saw a man named Matthew Levi. Sitting in the tax collector's booth and he said to him, follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. And Matthew got up and followed him. That invitation that he extended to Matthew, he has extended, continued to extend it it every single day since and he is extending it today. Uh, you might be a disciple of churchanity. You might be a disciple of American Christianity. You might be a disciple of cultural Christianity. Uh, you might be a disciple of, of church-going or Bible-reading or that, and you can still not be a disciple of Jesus. And so we're just saying, okay, Lord Jesus, uh, what does it really mean? uh, to be your disciple. And thank you that you're extending that invitation to me today. He's extending that same invitation, uh, to me and you. And so, uh, what we uh, started with last week is, is, uh, some of these requirements and I, and, and I shared last week. And by the way, if if you weren't here and you want to get, uh, you know, the full meal deal, go back and look on Facebook, um, and you can see the message from last week, uh, but it uh, yeah, I kind of uh, spent a little bit of time like you, whether you, I should use that word must, but uh, it's in scripture, so uh, you and I must in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must spend time with Jesus. That's on your outline. And we, and we looked at some truths, discipleship is a choice, discipleship is a commitment, discipleship is a relationship, and uh, all the different nuances to that. And then the second thing we saw last week was uh, I must love Jesus supremely above and beyond all things. Uh, And it's not saying that we can't love others because God is love and he has placed us in the context of love. Uh, But there's nothing, there's nothing that should come before our adoration and absolute love of Jesus Christ. And so we spend some time uh, just asking God, show me Lord, you know, uh, am, am I truly spending the time with you? And, and that's one of the things that uh, he continues to reveal to me is that, you know, we become very possessive of our time and yet it's not our time. It's his time. And in order for us to experience a lot of what we're talking about here, guess what it takes? Time. Time. And uh, so I think God's going to show us in the days ahead how to better, um, offer Him and invest time, the time that is essential and necessary in order for us to experience Him, encounter Him, and to see about the life change in our lives. I must love uh, Jesus supremely, and we saw that discipleship is measured by love and If you want to know uh, what love is you don 't go to the song you, go, you, can, you can just look at God, you go to first corinthians uh, thirteen and you 'll see uh, the expression of God himself and, and all this aspects of love, and uh, He redefines what it is and so today we 're going to pick up with two more. The last thing I said as we ended up is that we 've got the easy ones off the off the table now, one and two. It's going to become more difficult now. Are you ready for it? Let's pray and ask him to give us the courage uh, to let him speak to us. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have right now to come and sit at your feet. Uh, Lord, we are asking that we would experience you, that, Lord, that you would shatter the lies Uh, that are deceiving, the lives that are holding us captive and in bondage to anything other than you. Lord, we pray that you would just pour out your love on us this day uh, and that you would give us the courage uh, to acknowledge uh, that a lot of the way we've responded in life (laughs) has been in in, in (laughs) ways that are self-preserving Uh, to justify ourselves, has been, uh, Lord, just rooted in fear. But, Lord, we pray for your freedom uh, as you come and call us to yourself uh, to experience you uh, and to be salt and light in this world that desperately, desperately needs you. Uh, Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you that even as you expose false sins in our life, Lord, it is not in condemnation as your followers, but it's an invitation to experience your freedom, the joy of the Lord. And so may we courageously step into that freedom today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you, you ready for the number three and four? Okay, to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Number three, I must love every other disciple. I must love every other disciple. Uh, not say I love, but I must love them in in action and deed and attitude. Uh, and uh, with that true spirit of love that demonstrates the life, that's the same love as Jesus Christ. I must love every other disciple. Now, see, this is getting a little bit harder. I mean, you know, it's easy to love God because God is perfect. God loves you and me unconditionally. Uh, he loves you uh, no more or less because of uh, your attitudes or behaviors, his love for you is unconditional. And now he's saying, in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I must love every other disciple. Now, we can just hydroplane over that. But the reality is is that we, have, we see that the divisions that are in our culture today, and there's a lot of uh, stuff that comes in there, ha- has worked its way into the church, especially in America. Uh, and so there's, there's a lot of judgment. What, so what this is saying, I must love every other disciple. You know, I must, I must love the disciple, uh, uncon- you know, as, as Jesus did, I must love those that vote Republican. I must love the disciple that votes Democrat. I must love the disciple that's independent. I must love the disciple and demonstrate that in my attitudes and actions that was vaxxed and those that are unvaxxed. You know, in other words, he is saying, if I'm his follower, then I'm going to let his litmus test of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ to be my litmus test, not the litmus test of culture. Okay, I must love those that are irritating. I must love that obnoxious follower of jesus christ that one that is uh, so blatant with imperfections the one that is so insecure uh jesus says if you're going to be my disciple you can't just love me you got to love one another because that is my family that's that verse right there on your outline in john chapter thirteen thirty-five. it says if you have love for one another then everyone will know that you are my disciples If you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you're a disciple. Now, you notice how many times Jesus begins with "if," you know, "if." He's saying, "Okay, now if if this is going on, then." you know, so this is really a conditional deal. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to our salvation, we know that we can't perform our way and be good enough to get into his grace. We must come to the place and say, you know, it is all you. And I just, I thank you. And I received this by faith, your grace uh, into my life. But now as faithful, Once we experience that, he's saying now, if that transaction is happening and you have now an experiential relationship with God, not just a a yak yak uh, profession of being a Christian. But if you are a follower of mine, then it says, if you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. Here again, he's saying that the hallmark, um, hallmark of being a follower of Jesus Christ is not a bumper sticker. It's not a Christian pen. It's not having your name written on the, uh, your, uh, our nice leather Bibles. Uh, it's not a T-shirt, you know, a gospel T-shirt that, you know, that has some wonderful scriptures on it. But he says, here's the hallmark. If you love one another. And, and that love is not words. That love is known through the actions that it prompts. It's known by our attitudes for one another. Um, so, you know, here again, we, in America especially, it's easy. You know, you know, I love Jesus, but I just don't like the church. The church is, you know, messed up and full of hypocrites and all that kind of stuff. Here's Jesus saying, if you love me, then you're going to love my followers. And, um, uh, and we're reminded that Jesus Christ died for the church. His word tells us that. And, and one thing that he, you know, he is just saying is that the church is what's going to last. And his intent was that through the church, the manifold greatness of God would be made known in the heavenlies. And then if it's known there, then, then we are going to get a taste of that. So his church is what's going to last. And his church is just you and I, followers of Jesus Christ. Apple is not going to last. Delta airlines, as good as they've been to to my family is not going to last. Uh, the democratic party is not going to last. The Republican party is not going to last. The United States of America is not going to last. What's going to last his church, his church. And guess what? As a follower of his, you and I are in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so if we don't love the church, it's going to be kind of difficult for us to, to enjoy heaven because this is it. Now, I know there's going to be some changes when, it, when we get to heaven and we're going to be in perfection. Uh, but this, this is the crowd. This is the crowd, those that are followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus died for his church. And, and uh, we got to just, you know, um, yes, there are adjustments and changes that we can make as a church. Just like individuals, we you know we need to uh, you know we need to get up in the morning and and and, and be sensitive to the fact that uh, probably a good idea to take a bath you know and put on some deodorant and you know clean up and you know um, you know put some you know clothes on and stuff like that you know we there's some, there's some things that we need to do, and there's some stuff that we just need to, to leave at home we don't you know bring here with us um, so but the bottom line is, is that Christ loved the church. He gave himself for the church and, um, and, and, ch we are the bride of Christ. Um, you know, and, and so we can't say, you know, well, I, I like Jesus, but you know, I don't like the church. That's like saying, you know, I like you, but I don't, I don't like your wife. Can't stand her. Uh, that's offensive. Uh, and that's not what God wants us to do. So, uh, you know, we can't, we can't follow Jesus and not love the church. 1 John 4 uh, verse 20 uh, says this. It says, if someone says, I love God but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. That's pretty clear. Uh, we can't follow Christ and not love his bride. So that's just an expression of who Jesus is. And that's where the love comes from. Uh, and, um, he, he, um, he, he has a word for that or we have a word for that and that's just called fellowship, you know? Living in fellowship, and you can write this down: true discipleship happens in community there's one of your blanks: True discipleship happens in community it doesn't happen on our own. We live in a very individualistic culture we you know we uh, think we can do it but but here 's what Jesus says: you can't become a true follower, a faithful follower uh, uh, a a a mature follower of Jesus Christ, you know, apart from the fellowship and being vested in the body of Christ. Uh, don't, you don't do it by ourselves. He never intended it to, to be that way. Um, so he's saying we need the church family, uh, and and here's what that verse says: is, is If you have love for one another, and you might want to just circle that one another. I know that we've, you know, we we are aware that, that you know there's a lot of one another's in scripture, but 58 times in the Bible we see this: to love one another, care for one another, help one another, serve one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, you know, greet one another. It says that that we were put on this planet to help one another out. Because that's an expression of who Jesus is, Um, and so, you know, the fact is is that you know there's so many resources available to us, and you know you can you can listen to ten radio preachers a day, you can listen to all these podcasts, uh, on all these praise songs, and all that kind of good stuff, but that's not going to help us truly grow apart from the body of Christ. That's in addition to we need the imperfect church it's whenever we get around imperfect people that we are now finally exposed to what the (laughs) drove god to make such amazing sacrifice horrendous sacrifice of giving his son of what what drove jesus to be willing to lay down his life for me and you now we're starting to figure out what love is and um So it happens in the context uh, of the church. Um, uh, and and, And this is really what makes being a true follower of Christ, a relationship with Christ, so different than any other religion. You know that in every other single religion, the more you isolate yourself from humanity, the more holy you're considered to be. You know, it's true in Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, any any all these others. The holiest people are those, you know, that go off and, and isolate themselves, you know, in, in the mosque and in, in the monasteries and the guru who's hiding in the caves, uh, and, and get away from this sinful humanity, and now the the holiness comes just oozes out. But this is the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. Jesus didn't do that. He was in the marketplace. He was at parties. He was at the wedding, turning uh, uh, water into wine. A matter of fact, he went to so many parties. The religious establishment said he was a glutton and a drunk. Uh, today we'd say uh, Jesus is a party animal. He didn't isolate himself. Matter of fact, he entered into our world. Messed up. Um, so it's just a reminder, you know, we can, we can hide, we can hide in a monastery or, you know, read prayer books and quote all these scriptures and, and pray and study to our, you know, brain is just about to explode, but to truly mature, we do it within the context of doing life in genuine, real, radical fellowship, loving God, loving your neighbor. And we can't learn that love until we get around unloving, unloving people, you know, our people that's hard to love. Do not give them the elbow. Don't look at those unlovely people right now. Um, but just keep looking to God right now, right now. Um, these are the hard sayings, but he, this, is the, this is real relationship. This is real discipleship. First John three sixteen get, uh, goes even deeper. It says, this is how we know what love is, what real love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So here's God saying, I measure your love by how much you're willing to sacrifice for others. And, and And again, this is exposing this reality that, that we're again we're looking for protection, we're looking for comfort and and you know there's a the idol of comfort is just huge, but he's saying no' nope, it's, it's about laying down your life, laying down your wishes for others um what Jesus wants to remind us of is that my family represents him. His family represents him. And he wants us to love one another. Um, and so it, it, this fellowship is meaning that we are committed to Jesus. But we are, we are just as committed to the fellowship. And you're going, oh, that's so hard. Well, think about Jesus' commitment to us. It was so hard that it cost him his life. In the most uh, horrendous kind of way. Um, his family represents him. Love for one another. Now, we, we don't just do that. We can have a love for church. You know, and in some churches, you know, it's just like, oh, man, I just love going to church. And those are wonderful experiences. I'm not putting that down. But this, this what this is really talking about is doing it in the context of these smaller groups. Life change happens the best and the most in the context of small groups. That's, that's the reason it's absolutely essential for us to be part of, of, of small groups. You, you can't just, you can, you know, you can uh, love the crowd, you know, but, but you, you really can't, you you got to love one another. And, and this happens in the context of groups. That's the reason we continue to talk about that. Um, and so, you know what's going on here is just just should be just the tip of the iceberg, and so one of the responses to that is this: you know Lord, uh, uh, I'm not in a group and I'm going to get in a group, and you're going, well, I don't know what group to get in. try them all you know, I don't like none of the groups. Uh, well, most of the people in that group don't like their group, but uh, I'm kidding I'm kidding they love one another uh, uh, but th- this is, this this is the incubator. For God to expose all this self, all this stuff, all this wrong thinking, world think, cultural think. Uh and then you got but if you, you know I mean, if you really want to be uh courageous, then start one. You go, well, I don't know what to do. Guess All you gotta do is be willing to host one. You do it in your home. We've got so many resources available. Mm-hmm. And then God, just watch God work. But acknowledging the need that perhaps my next step of growth to really, you know, just leave this uh, false uh, view of how things are, just leave it behind and just get involved with the people that God has placed me involved with in His bride, His church. All right. So there it is. I must love every other disciple. And it happens. That love happens in the context, not from a distance, not from a distance. It happens in the context of community. Number four, to uh, to his disciple, I must do what Jesus tells me. I must do what Jesus tells me. It may not make a lot of sense. That may not be what you've always thought or believed. Uh, it may not be the most popular thing. It may cost you something. Uh, it may cost you friends. It may cost you a job. Uh, but it's always the right thing. Uh, because these are beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. And, and, they, and they come from Jesus. And here's what he says. John eight thirty one and 32. If you continue to obey my teaching, you are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I think almost everybody in America knows that, uh, that phrase. The truth will set you free. You know, we love that phrase, the truth. And, and then we'll tell somebody, oh, I know, then the truth will set you free. But not a whole lot know the first part. You know, if you continue to obey my teaching so really it's here there's about there's these four things I want us to go over um, that I think this verse is helping us to understand number one is this discipleship's an ongoing process discipleship is an ongoing process um, um, I didn't know you're putting those verses up thank you that's nice over there okay uh, and uh, Gail's uh, spell check please give you know give them some feedback over there Hmm. Um, uh, uh, circle that word. Continue. See, I'm prone. You know, we sang a song. I'm prone to wonder. You know, and and I'm. You know, I'm. I'm 65 years old. I'm about to heading towards 66. And you know, I'm going. Hey, I deserve a break today. It's kind of start coasting time. I've learned enough. I know more more than. Some people, (laughs) maybe not most, you know, and you know, you know, you worked hard all your life, you know, but well, guess what? There's no pause button in being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it may be, matter of fact, there's, I'm expecting that the greatest growth in my life is going to, I've not experienced yet. That I'm going to get to know God better and love Him even more in these latter years. If you continue, it's a process; it's ongoing. You know, and and you know, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen this. I, you know, and I, and I saw it growing up. I, you know, um, we had in in my. In my little white frame country church, and we had the best preachers, you know. And it's because we had the, the, the top-notch guys from the state convention that would come down and be our interim pastors. You know, we couldn't afford, you know, to, to have, you know, like a full-time or anything like that. But so we had these guys that had, you know, had their doctor. I mean, th- these were profound preachers. I mean, amazing. But but I, I saw that there was a lot of people, you know, that were had been in church for twenty or thirty or forty years, and they and they were just still so much like the world, and still spiritually, you know, immature. They they just weren't growing. They were still cranky. They were self centered. They were gossips. They were resentful and bitter. Uh, Worried that you know always worrying, you know, f- always feeling guilty and insecure. They got all these hang ups, and they're going, "How can this be?" I mean, we got this amazing. Truths that is just being proclaimed every single week. But part of the problem is is that you know is a lack of being intentional. You know, as we, we think we can just hydroplane. You know, but you know when it comes to the rest of our life, we're very intentional, but it, it's not automatic. Uh, you've heard you've heard this. You the you, United States Air Force discovered it. We forget ninety to ninety five percent of everything that we hear within seventy two hours. We forget 90 to 95% of everything that we hear within 72 hours. That means that by Wednesday, you're not going to remember 10, 5 to 10% of what we've talked about today, what I've spent this whole week. So I'm just fed up with that. I'm, now, good thing we've come back. You know, one of the things, so we got to be, how can, how can we not do that? You know, how can we not? Well, that's one reason, you know, historically, now I know we took a sabbatical, but historically we used outlines. You know, and, and you've heard me say nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes the specific, and nothing becomes specific and, until it passes from the brain and the lips through the fingertips. You know, so it helps us just kind of remember stuff. And we can go back and reflect on that. And, and, boy, if there's anything for us to spend time in reflecting on is that we would not... Fool ourselves in thinking that we're following Jesus when we're not a true follower when we don't have that false security and so we can go back and we can just reflect on this as a follower of Jesus as a follower, I know that I must spend time with you. how's my time going? Am, am I really spending time with him or am I just hydroplaning over that check get it done? Uh, being a true follower of Jesus Christ means that I love you Jesus supremely. I adore you. How's that going? To be a true follower of you means that I'm I'm loving every other disciple, those that I disagree with, those that rub me the wrong way, those that I cannot understand why they think the way they think. Because I know that the litmus test uh, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and, and a brother or sister in Christ is not the same litmus test as being espoused out in our culture. It causes so much division. So being a follower of Jesus is an ongoing process. Uh, but secondly, being a, 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 a discipleship is an ongoing process. Uh, discipleship is measured by obedience, not knowledge. Do what Jesus tells me to do. It's measured by obedience, not knowledge. He says, if you continue to obey my teaching, you are my disciple. It's not based on how much you know. It's based on how much you practice it. You know, again, there's a lot of people that know the Bible, but they're not living it. Sometimes, you know, we meet people that are storehouses of Bible knowledge. Uh, quote all these verses, and, and, and yet... They're the most cranky and cantankerous and, and argumentative and judgmental of every other Christian. The Bible, and one of the reasons for that, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1, that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Am I saying knowledge isn't good? Absolutely not. We're just saying that being a follower of Jesus Christ means I do what he tells me to do. I've got to know what he's saying to do. But it's balanced out with this aspect of uh, of love, you know, otherwise I can be arrogant and if I'm not vested in doing life with other believers that are different, strange, whatever the case is. And that keeps us in this humble spirit and this humble attitude. So, you know, here's basically God saying, I don't, I don't measure your growth by how much you know. I measure your growth by how much you love because you're doing what I ask you to do. Here's a reality check. You know, I truly only believe the parts of the Bible that I do. I, I really only believe it. You know, I can say it, but I only believe the parts that I do. Um, you know, do I believe that I should forgive the person who hurt me? Yes. Do I do it? Well, if I don't, then then no, I don't believe that. Uh, do I believe that, that I should always return good for evil? You go, yeah. Do I do it? If not, then, then I don't believe it. You know, do I believe that I should bring the first fruits, the tithe to the storehouse? You go, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, God, do I do it? I only believe that which I do. Do do I believe that I should lay down my rights? That's kind of hard because we're in a rights-driven culture and society. What what does this mean? How's God at work within my life? Uh, Again, you've heard me talk about this book. It's real short. Go on to uh, Jim Dennison, whatever that is. I think 56, seven pages right here, how to bless God by blessing others. Uh, and he's just saying there's some good stuff that we can learn from the early church, you know, in our day and time. Um, but he's just talking about, you know, with all the division, all the stuff that's going on, all the uncertainty, you know, that's going on within our culture, you know, um, it really presents us with some opportunities. I'm going to read, I'm going to just read one uh, quick paragraph. Uh, It presents us with an opportunity to help people see the value of true faith and, and a relationship with God. It says, but if we handle these opportunities poorly, such lost opportunities are likely to cement the idea that Christianity is no different than the other brands of spirituality from which people can choose. If people searching for answers, you know, if people, if people are searching for answers, but all they see from Christians is a different brand of negativity, hate, self-centeredness that pervades much of the larger culture, then why would they seriously consider giving their lives to Jesus? Discipleship is measured by the fact that I do what Jesus tells me to do, that that, that I love one another, that, that I and. Laying down my rights as he did. I'm laying down my life. I'm making sacrifices. I'm, I'm loving uh, uh, one another. I'm, I'm loving those that oppose me. It's an ongoing process. It's measured by obedience. Number the, th- the third thing there. Discipleship is based on God's word. It's on God's word. If you continue to obey my teachings. Now we can read a whole lot of other stuff. I'm. Books are good, but, but let it lead you back to, to, to look and see what God's word has to say. How much time am I spending in God's word? How much time am I spending allowing God to speak to me through his word? And then uh, the fourth thing there, discipleship sets me free. I must do what Jesus tells me. Okay, and then what happens? Then it sets me free. Uh, the truth will set me free. What does that really mean? The more we grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, the more free we're going to be in life. Uh, We're going to be free from the expectations of others. We're going to be free from past memories. We're going to be free from guilt. We're going to be free from resentment. We're going to be free from these bad habits that establish strongholds in our life. We're going to be free from shame. We're going to be free from the pressures and uh, stresses that other people try to put on us. We're going to be free from fear. We're going to be free from anxiety. We're going to be free from insecurity. That's awesome. It's just natural. See, the, the, glory, the glory of God is, is when we as human beings in Christ are fully alive. And we're only fully alive when we are free. And the number one free is free from self. Free from sin. You know, so often we're just, you know, oh, you know, we're praying that, that, you know, we don't, the, the Satan, you know, but, against, but we need to pr- pray often against self. Just saying, Lord, set me free of self. It helps us to see that, you know, God wants us to love him. But in loving him, we love other people. And in in loving him and loving other people, then we become more like Jesus. And now we're Jesus with skin on in a world that's desperately in need of him. In a community that's desperately in need of him. That last verse there, John chapter 15. He says... If you continue to live in me, and so here's his process, it's ongoing, it's uh, every day. If you continue to live in me, and what I say lives in you, what I say lives in you, so we, we're, just, we're just taking his word, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. Wow. Wow. You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit and therefore show that you are my disciples. That's awesome. And this is his message as we continue to live in him and his word is marinating within us and is guiding us in our decision and our actions. Then then we're asking, and, and as that happens, then we're asking, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And it will be ours, and then God will be glorified as we produce this fruit. Christ produces this fruit through us, and we show ourselves as His disciples. What kind of fruit are we producing? Yesterday at lunch, uh, I went. I went I did a little twenty-four hour stint this week to Grady, but. Uh, my sister kept texting me uh, yesterday morning. she said, go, when are you leaving, when are you leaving, when are you leaving? I didn't know what was going on. And then I said, hey, where are you? And she said, I'm at the restaurant. Now, she's permitted to go there. Um, uh, but she said, I'm at the restaurant. I said, I'll see you there about 1230. Got there. And I said, why in the world are you texting me? And, she, and she, she, she had in her hands when I went back there, she had this peach cobbler. No, 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 I'm sorry, pear cobbler. Now, Dad's pear tree, you know, is about right. she said. They, they were almost right. She said, but I wanted just to cook this for you, this pear cobbler. And, and I went, okay, can I run across the street, get some ice cream? Mm. And I did. And, uh, and that pear cobbler, I mean, that, that tree was loaded up and it was good and, and, uh, I just said, well, that was sweet, thank you, gave her a big hug, and I just kind of tore up some pear cobbler and some ice cream on it. There was some good fruit there. Um, we, uh, went by, uh, Felicia the last couple of weeks, and I know a lot of you are canon experts, but, you know, she, uh, the, the fig trees, matter of fact, there's a fig tree out here, uh, that, uh, Rachel and a, f- a friend planted uh, two years ago. Now it's an, it's way over my head. And there's there's I went before I left on Friday. I went out there and there I got like six uh, figs that were ripe, and and I took them. And uh, boy, that was good. It's just good. And the, and Felicia, the last week, made she made how I many? Like eight, ten, twelve uh, little jars of uh, fig preserves. Don't get no better than that. Um, there's a lost and dying world that is desperately uh, in need of some good fruit. Good fruit. But as as this Mr. Ryan Denison says, or um, well, I don't what page i said was 43 it says but 26 i'm sorry it says if people are searching for answers but all they see from christians is a different brand of negativity hate self-centeredness and judgmentalness that pervades much of the larger culture why should they seriously consider giving their lives to jesus You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit, and therefore show that you are my disciple. The fact of the matter is, it's, it's it's a journey. It's it's a journey. We talk about that, and sometimes we can just be, just be heart sick, maybe even a little embarrassed by saying, "God, man, I got stuck. <laughs> I got I got kind of stuck at this this level." for a long, long time and I'm still acting like a two-year-old and Jesus, it's not about you. That one decision just to step up and allow him to to reveal anything that you need to confess or surrender to him, well, that brings glory to the Father and it brings freedom to you. Part of this is that we we just need to be Acknowledge that, as human beings, we need a plan, we need a track to run on and and and, and god 's given us that through his word, He gives us that even through these these habits and these practices that we have. go to church, read your Bible, do life together, confess your faults one to another. He gives us that, but that 's what allows us to truly grow, not trying to not trying to control how we 're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He's already told us. I'm spending time with Jesus. I'm, I'm loving Him supremely. I'm letting Him evaluate these things that, that, that have captured my huh, devotion and adoration over Him. I'm, I'm loving it. all these other people that are difficult to love, and, and I'm doing what He tells me to do. And He's just going to love it. It's a process. It's a journey. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think Sarah posted, look, Micah, they did something in, in nursery. They had this little picture, and she colored, and yeah. And, and I, so I said, isn't that beautiful? Did I mean that's better than Picasso? Uh, no. Um, did that mean that it couldn't get no better? Absolutely not. No, that's beautiful and perfect for that stage of her life. And so, no matter how old you are, if you just offer him up, whatever it is he's saying, whatever it is he's invited, he's just going to say, oh, man, that's beautiful. You're going, I know, but I'm 65 years old, and I'm, I'm not only coloring outside the line. I mean, I've done going off the page. He's going, that's okay, because you were here now. That's because you offered this to me. That's beautiful. And then we're going to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And then we're going to be free. And he's going to be glorified. Um, I mean, that's that's just practically, you know, here at Crosspoint, if you've been through Class 101, we have the little baseball diamond, you know, we, we relate to sports. Um, and uh, it's like, we, we talk about, it. here's the process, here's the pathway, bring you in, that, that's first base, build you up, second base, uh, go on second, third, uh, train you for. send you out, home run, boom. And, the, and that's what we are committed to, and that's what we want to even be better at as a, as a body to help bring you in, train you up, uh, bring you in, help grow you up, train you for, send you out. And 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 we just embrace what God's doing. And and these are just habits. These are just intentional things that we do, understanding um, that Christ has called us this. The habits, you know. That I, sometimes I like. Oh man, I'm a free spirit. I kind of like. But, but but character is a matter of habits. You know, it's something that we do habitually. What are you doing habitually? And Christ wants us to, to manifest his character and to have the habits of Jesus Christ. We just do it habitually. You know, are we spending time with Jesus habitually? Are we loving Jesus supremely habitually? Are we loving others and through action and word and deed habitually? You know, are we doing what Jesus says habitually? You know, character is a matter of these habits that we do. You know, I can't say, you know, hey, I've got the character quality of honesty if I'm telling the truth only 70% of the time, can I? You go, well, that's pretty good, 70%. I mean, in baseball, it's, you bat over 300, you're considered a hero. We're using the wrong measurement. We need to look to Jesus and his measurement. You know, if I if I was to say, Felicia, baby, you know, I have the character quality of faithfulness, and I will be faithful to you twenty eight days of the month. <laughs> Why are you laughing? The, the twenty eight out of thirty, give it, give it to me, Barb. I don't know what's that mad. That's I mean, that's let's them that close to thousand percent. Partial faithfulness is unfaithfulness. There's so, many, there's so many good habits that God is just calling us to, to step out into. I don't know what he's, he's calling you to, but that's part of the process of, of spiritual maturity and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know what he's calling you to today, spending time with him, I don't know. Is it, is it checking the love, just listing out the things that are important to you and just seeing where Jesus stands up? Maybe it's a relationship. There's somebody that you got a real bad attitude toward. Somebody that you've been mean to and mean, and, and and maybe see being like Jesus and developing that habit of Jesus is going to them. The Bible is very clear. Don't even come and think you can worship me if you if there's this sin that you just unresolve with somebody else. We just hide our plane over that because we because not Jesus. He doesn't. And when we do, we're just we're still got our diapers on. We still got our diapers on. So today, what do we do with this? What oh, I've done that a lot. Sorry about that. Um, We come and and we just kind of lay this out before the Lord and say, Jesus, I want to be your follower. I want to be your disciple. Help me to take the next step that you're calling me to take today, for your glory, for my good. Would you pray with me, Father? we come to you and we just we thank you that um lord that you invite us into this freedom and to this joy and this love and um yet it's not under our terms it's it's, it's what you've established. Uh, forgive us for kind of thinking that we can negotiate this. Uh, but we just want to come and surrender this to you right now and just pray that whatever step you're calling us to take right now in this moment would be glorifying to you. If there's something that you have uh, told us in your word to do and that we've kind of been pushing back on, God, just bring that to mind through the Holy Spirit and we just come and we bring that to you and we obey you. We want to trust and obey today. Lord, we desperately need it. and The world around us desperately needs it. Help us as your followers and the, and the, and the church here for you to kind of purify us uh, for our good and your glory. Today, if, um, if the Lord's knocking on your heart's door and he's saying, hey, I, I, I'm, I, want, I want you to be my disciple. I want you to follow me. And you go, well, God, I've been going to church. If he's inviting you into a personal relationship with him today, that's a good thing. Number one, you can be forgiven of all your sins. One, you have an f- absolute assurance of future in heaven with him. But it brings about freedom. And today, it's just by laying down whatever, wh- whatever you've um, preconceived ideas of what it means to be a follower of Christ and say, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. And I choose to follow you, not by might nor by p- uh, power, but by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me that much. Thank you for being so patient and merciful. For the followers of Christ here, uh, whatever it is that God's calling us to do, uh, to surrender to him, uh, to lay down so that we can be the beautiful, radiant bride of Christ, let's let him do it for his good, for his glory, and for the And for the good of those that need to see Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. We worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.